0: Hello and welcome to Not Somali Mormon Podcast. Hello, welcome back everyone. This is Sarah. And this is Katie.
1: Hi. Hi. <laughs> how are you, Sarah? Very good, thank good. you. Um, yeah, good. We, we normally have like a little session where we just catch up every, every week and we like chat about life, but this week's been mad, but good. Mm-hmm. I don't know, how do you feel?
0: also mad I, I never say mad because it's very British it's <laughs> <laughs> Is
1: it? See, I don't even know anymore Ew. <laughs> like, that person who I find really obnoxious
0: Sorry. no it's it's cute yeah my I feel like this whole week has just been wild but um I'm here and yeah. normally we we even chat for 15-20 minutes before we hit record but I just called Sarah and I was like we got to get this going we have stuff to do record <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> exactly. So this week I don't have any announcements. We're just gonna get right into it. Ooh, I'm so excited. I have another talk for you. I know you you just love feeling like you're back being a Mormon and listening to general conference. It's just the most fun thing for you. Right. It is
1: amazing. I have to <laughs> say it made me chuckle earlier this week. Katie and I were chatting about when to record and, and originally like kudos again to Katie for stepping in and preparing. Cause I was like, yeah, I'll do it. And then my son was like, Hey, I might have chicken pox. So we were like, right, we're going to have to work from home. I'll take care of the kid. Um, so I did not have time to repair the topic but Katie stepped in but I was chuckling because when we were sending messages I was like yeah I can prepare the lesson that I was like lol it's (laughs) not a lesson it's not that but I still have it in my head to say it's a lesson that we're preparing. Mm -hmm." That's well (laughs) yes
0: that's what Kelly refers to it as when she guest hosts she prepares a lesson. Yeah. So this uh, talk was given by Elder M. Russell Ballard. If we remember, the M in his name stands for Melvin, and we call him "masturbating Melvin"
1: <laughs> because he's obsessed with it. <laughs> I feel so bad for anyone who's called Melvin, but also, <laughs> is there anyone called Melvin anymore? I feel like that's a very like old name. I could be wrong. I know. Yeah, it seems
0: like an older generation, so maybe it's made its way back around. You know how names kind of recycle. I don't know. So apologies to any Melvins or Mel's out there, but M. Russell Ballard gives a lot of talks about how it's evil to masturbate. So we call him Masturbating Melvin because it's like, dude, like, why are you so obsessed with it? Is it because you have an issue? Like, what? Mm. Yeah,
1: maybe you should just masturbate, Melvin. That was. <laughs> solve
0: all your problems (laughs) this talk is called stay in the boat and
1: hold on with an exclamation point (laughs) (laughs) oh Oh, boy cannot wait for this analogy I know it's going to be over the top it's obviously a boat themed analogy I am pumped I am boat themed okay He says, recently, a friend of mine took his son
0: on a trip down the Colorado River through Cataract Canyon, located in southeastern Utah. The canyon is famous for its 14 miles, or 23 kilometers, of whitewater rapids that can be particularly hazardous.
1: Oh, boy, I already know
0: what's happening. Have you ever been on a river
1: trip, like a river rafting trip? I have so in North Georgia, um, you can go on like white white water rafting mm-hmm. trips. So I've done that a few times, or like go tubing as well. And then also, I don't know if it was white water, but I did it in Provo and that the river. Like we went tubing, and I feel like vaguely remembering there was a part that was like super rough that you had to get out and then walk around and get back in. I don't mm-hmm. know if that classifies us.
0: Yeah, I've done that. I haven't done. Um, any kind of boating or any kind of that, but I have done the tubing, which, yeah, it it wasn't rough, but it felt rough to me at the time. See,
1: (laughs) I, I'm a wuss, like, I've done the boat thing in North Georgia, and I hate that shit. It stresses me out so much. (laughs) I don't know why. I don't enjoy it. It doesn't, the adrenaline doesn't do it for me. I just get stressed that I'm going to get thrown out,
0: and I'm going
1: to drown, or run Like, go into the edge of, like, the banks of the river and get bitten by a snake, because hashtag Georgia, (laughs) right? Don't enjoy it. Not a fan.
0: And I always envision that they all, even though they don't end this way, I envision that they all end in a waterfall because of movies. Yes, that as well. (laughs) Even though that's not the case. Okay. At the beginning of the trip, one of the experienced river guides reviewed important safety instructions, emphasizing three rules that would ensure the group's safe travel through the rapids. Rule number one, stay in the boat. Rule number two, always wear a life jacket. Rule number three, always hold on with both hands. And then he said again, with even more emphasis, above all, rule number one, stay in the boat. (laughs) I mean... Like, of course, everyone wants to stay in the boat. You were just saying you're terrified of being thrown out of the boat.
1: Exactly. That's what I'm thinking. Like, like statistically speaking, how many people actually want to jump out of the boat? So this analogy is already off to a rocky start because right. you know, like, there's a vast majority of people that are like, oh, you know what? I'm going to be a daredevil and I want to jump out of the boat. <laughs> That's that that very, very happen. few.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and you already see where this is going, right? The analogy is the boat is the church right so yeah keep
1: that in mind oh my god let me let me guess I I bet somewhere in this talk or in a Sunday school lesson they would tie this in with Lehi's dream and vision (laughs) of holding on to the iron rod not going to the spacious building you know something like that
0: something like that you could be their writer (laughs) (sighs) Ah, This adventure reminds me of our mortal journey. Most of us experience periods in our lives where the tranquil waters of life are appreciated. At other times, we encounter whitewater rapids that are metaphorically comparable to those found in the 14-mile stretch through Cataract Canyon. Challenges that may include physical and mental health issues, the death of a loved one, dashed dreams and hopes, and for some, even a crisis of faith when faced with life's problems, questions, and doubts.
1: Yeah, Yeah. Oh, boy.
0: Okay. The Lord, in His goodness, has provided help, including a boat essential supplies such as life jackets and experienced river guides who give guidance and safety instructions to help make our way down the river of life to our final destination here we
1: go with the analogy here we
0: go the boat the the supplies and the guides we all know what these are (laughs) metaphors for but he's gonna explain right (laughs)
1: I mean, honestly, the church and the writers love a good metaphor, a good overarching analogy. Like, they love all this shit. Oh, they eat it
0: up. They eat it up.
1: (laughs) President Brigham Young
0: (laughs) commonly employed the old ship Zion as a metaphor for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. (laughs) He, He said on one occasion, we are in the midst of the ocean. A storm comes on, and, as sailors say, she labors very hard. I am not going...
1: <laughs> I don't know why, but I instantly went to, like, a pirate voice in my head. And Arr, my-
0: Arr! She labels very hard. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I am not going to stay here, says one. I don't believe in this ship, Zion! <laughs> Oh my God. But we are in the midst of the ocean. I don't care. I'm not going to stay here. <laughs> off goes the coat and he jumps overboard. Will he not be drowned? Yes. So with those who leave this church. It is the old ship
1: Zion. Let us stay in it. <laughs> I mean, again, who is going to jump off a ship or a boat? In the middle of a storm. This, this doesn't make any sense unless they're like delirious from dehydration or they have a disease. I mean, those scenarios, okay, I could see them being in the not like not in the right headspace and would be like jumping out makes like a lot of sense. But who just jumps out of a ship in the middle of a storm? Well, Why I know, unless you. I know, you get on a life raft
0: or something you or you get on a door like they, he didn't they she did in Titanic you don't you don't fucking just jump out and swim what <laughs> Brigham Young what are you saying you old racist pedophile okay here so given the challenge challenges we all face today how do we stay on the old ship Zion? first of all Melvin I don't want to be on the old ship Zion. <laughs>
1: I I would jump off of that ship. I wouldn't board it, okay? (laughs) Exactly. First of all, I wouldn't board it. If I did board it, I would be that person that's like, like, You'd
0: be the the one in a thousand that's like, wee, let me dive off. I'm (laughs) through with this shit. Bye, bitches. I'd (laughs) rather be eaten by sharks. Bye. I'd rather be eaten by sharks than be on the ship with Brigham Young. Toodaloo. (laughs) Okay. So here is how. We need to experience a continuing conversion by increasing our faith in Jesus Christ and our faithful- faithfulness to his gospel throughout our lives, not just once, but regularly. The experienced river guides today can be likened to the church's apostles and prophets and inspired local priesthood and auxiliary leaders. They help us arrive safely to our final destination. See, we called it. We knew that the guides were going to be the church leaders, right? I mean, obviously. Obviously. Obviously, because they're so wise, they love to do this this juxta, uh, this thing where they say, first of all, yeah, the the leaders speak for God. They will help you in every single way. Also, the leaders are just men. <laughs> so exactly, when the leaders do or say something bad or problematic. They're just men, and otherwise, they are of
1: God. Right? They contradict themselves whenever it's convenient for them. So. Absolutely. It's like, yeah, exactly as you said. It's like, oh, they're men of God, and what they say is literally the mouthpiece of God, and da 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 but then it's like, oh, they fucked up. Oh, well, they're just men. It's not, (laughs) the people are imperfect, but the church Church is perfect. Church is perfect. Barf.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Recently, I spoke at the new mission president seminar and counseled these leaders, quote, Keep the eyes of the mission on the leaders of the church. We will not... And cannot lead you astray. (sighs) And as you teach your missionaries to focus their eyes on us, teach them to never follow those who think they know more about how to administer the affairs of the church than Heavenly Father and Jesus Christ do through the priesthood leaders who have the keys to preside. I, I have discovered in my ministry that those who have become lost and confused are typically those who have most often forgotten that when the First Presidency and the Quorum of the Twelve speak with the united voice, it is the voice of the Lord. The Lord reminds us, whether by mine own voice or by the voice of my servants, it is the same.
1: Okay, how do they explain, uh, like, this is the thing that I just don't understand, and how, and I do understand, on the flip side, like, I was in the church, I get it, you just choose to overlook these things, but when you hear talks like this, and especially now, when we have, you know, things are more readily available, even if you're not researching, you're still going to hear certain things within the church, like, how do they not say, well, wait a minute, like, what about this situation, this situation, where they're contradicting themselves, or maybe I read a talk that was criticized because it was this, this, and this, like, how does that explain that they will never lead you astray, or that they are consistent and constant? I don't know, it just... Oh, absolutely.
0: Like, And he's even referencing Brigham Young here, and how Brigham Young was the prophet, I won't lead you astray. Well, Brigham Young said that black people will be slaves in heaven Yeah. so like which which one is it yeah it so and then they say well you know don't don't listen to like that thing that he said but this other thing that he said is from God and then he literally just had that whole paragraph saying how they cannot and will not lead you astray
1: exactly it's,
0: ugh, it's annoying to say the least yeah <laughs> In other words, they leave the old ship Zion, they fall away, they apostatize. Tragically, they often experience short term and eventually long term unintended consequences, not only for themselves, but also for their families. Okay. The whole if you leave the church, you're going to be doomed
1: rhetoric. Yes, and you're miserable and you're never going to be happy, and also your parents are failures for allowing you to leave.
0: And long term consequences. I I suppose there's a long term consequence of I feel happier and I can drink coffee and I can have sex when I want. Is that
1: (laughs) those are long term, you know, cons,
0: Katie, of leaving the church? Apparently. Our local church leaders, like seasoned river guides, have been tutored by life's experiences, have been trained and mentored by apostles and prophets and other officers of the church, and, most important, have been tutored by the
1: Lord himself. Oh, have they? (laughs) That metaphor, that's great. I'm just imagining (laughs) CJ as a tutor, like, hey guys, welcome to after-school program with tutoring, you guys on... How to be riverboat tour guide. You thought you thought
0: this was geometry tutoring. No, <laughs> this is metaphoric river guide. Ask children if they masturbate. One one.
1: Yeah. Also, the fact that it's like talking about basically how they're trained and blah blah blah. It's clearly not like th- that's the same argument they have with these leaders in position in the church with so b- bishops, state presidents or whatever who are supposed to be like marriage counselors, you know, mm-hmm. addict counselors or I don't know, reporting sexual abuse especially amongst children, they are not trained in that, but they apparently are. Like it's <laughs> all these things it's like mm, they're not actually trained in anything at you all. I
0: forget, they've been tutored by CJ. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs>
0: that's that's their training yeah uh, uh yeah okay on another occasion this year I spoke to the young adults of the church in a in the May CES devotional broadcast broadcast I said I have heard that some people think the church leaders live in a bubble <laughs> oh, <laughs> what they, they hear- do Yeah. What they forget is that we are men and women of experience, and we have lived our lives in so many places and worked with many people from different backgrounds. I'm going to pause there. I like how he... I'm using like, um, ironically. I like how he put men and women of experience because there are no women leaders of the church. There are women appointed to lead the other
1: women, but they're appointed by the men. I just want to say exactly. That. <laughs> and also it's saying we've lived a life of experiences and blah blah blah. Yeah, on on church members dime because mm-hmm. they mm-hmm. to basically do this stuff. Well, not basically, they do get paid and they live a great life and are able to travel to minister to you know all these different people and and gospel you know teach spread the gospel and blah 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 but essentially it's just like traveling for them on the the members um,
0: the tithing pay, payer's money and it's all it really is all within the bubble of mormonism it's yep. not as if they're really experiencing other religions or cultures in depth because it's all with with the idea to convert or to preach or whatever so, exactly. Our current assignments literally take us around the globe where we meet the political, religious, business and humanitarian leaders of the world. Although we have visited the White House in Washington D.C. and leaders of nations throughout the world, we have also visited the most humble on earth. When <sighs> you yeah, remember when they went to Kenya and told the the people who were in deep poverty of Kenya that the way they get
1: out of poverty is to pay tithing? Yeah, that that one makes my blood boil. I still mm-hmm. cannot believe that, that, that like how I just can't like how it's, privileged can you honestly be to mm-hmm. have that conversation with those people and not even have an ounce of guilt or shame for even asking for their money when know. you are a hundred and over a hundred billion dollar I'm not even going even call it a church organization or company like that's wild to me. Like mm-hmm. that just shows to me how corrupt and disgusting they are. I can't,
0: mm-hmm. I can't because with how much money they have, they could have helped those people quite a bit, but instead, oh, yeah. instead they said the way to not be poor is to give us your money. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, along with rule number one, as I've applied it, Remember rules two and three, always wear a life jacket and hold on with both hands. The words of the Lord are found in the scriptures and the teachings of the apostles and prophets. They provide us counsel and direction that when followed will act like a spiritual life jacket and will help us know how to hold on with both hands. I mean, yeah.
1: they need to get new material because this is also giving me like the, um, uh, what is it? Armor of God. And now mm-hmm. well <laughs> Like you have your, you know, your, what is it? Your helmet and your chest shield or brass plate and your spear. And like you, you're, you're all armored <laughs> up with the, the armor of God.
0: Oh, Cause you need all that armor because supposedly it, on one hand, Satan's not powerful, but then on the other hand, he's super duper powerful and you never know which one he's going to be. So put on your armor, put on your life jacket. Everything is scary and stay with us. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, as I have known people who have not stayed in the boat and have not held on with both hands during times of trials and troubles, I have observed that many of them have lost their focus on the central truths of the gospel, the reasons why they joined the church in the first place, the reasons they remained fully committed and active in living gospel standards and blessing others through dedicated consecrated service and the ways in which the church has been in their lives a place of spiritual nourishment and growth. So, it's like he's saying that people who leave the church just have forgotten how great the church is. When, in truth, <laughs> um, we just discovered how awful it was.
1: <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry, but there's not any ounce of me that's like, oh, the church is really great. I just forgot how good it was. Like, if I just go back for one Sunday... I'll remember how amazing it is.
0: You'll remember how much it nourished your life. (laughs) It's as if he says he knows people who have left the church. Maybe you should have a conversation with them as to why. Because it's not as if we just got lazy and forgot. We discovered the truth and and realized we don't want to support a church that yes, believes and yes. teaches these things
1: So, But we're lazy Katie that's
0: what it is We're, we're lazy. just lazy and forgetful That's what it yep. is <laughs> uh, Joseph Smith taught This central truth quote The fundamental principles of our Religion are the testimony of the apostles And prophets concerning Jesus Christ That he died was buried and rose Again the third day and ascended Up into heaven and all other things Are only appendages to these Which pertain to our religion J dog, you're leaving out a very essential part where he teleported to America. Exactly. <laughs> because that's the that that is the central theme of Mormonism is that yes, they believe that Jesus lived, he died, he was resurrected. they there, he's leaving out that really crucial part where he flew over to the Americas and taught the people there who were supposedly. From Jerusalem.
1: (laughs) That's what makes Mormonism Mormonism, folks. (laughs) And also, he just like teleported over there with his his resurrected Nat on his shoulder. (laughs) Oh, yes, his
0: little zombie (laughs) pet Nat on his shoulder. Still waiting for that artwork, people. If you haven't listened to Book of Nat, that may be one of my favorite episodes we've ever done, and it's very <laughs> short and hilarious. So go back and listen. It's only a couple episodes ago. Oh man. Oh man. So sometimes faithful Latter-day Saints and sincere investigators begin to focus on the appendages instead of the fundamental principles. Now, this is where, why does my mind go to penis
1: when I hear uh, appendage? Appendage. I mean it immediately it went there and I'm trying, I was trying so hard. So Not hard. Say, exactly. I was like, For we- words, I'm going to be appropriate because so Katie doesn't have to say, ew, Sarah. And <laughs> you went there. So I'm happy. I mean, Let's uh, open that up. You've, you've
0: infected my mind enough. And I'm happy to say that, that I don't think we go an episode without mentioning wieners. It's just <laughs> what happens. Like, it, that's just, okay. Okay, so let's let's focus on that appendage. Um, let's that, focus on that, Willie. <laughs> that is, Satan tempts us to become distracted from the simple and clear message of the restored gospel. Those so distracted often give up partaking of the sacrament because they have become focused, even preoccupied, with less important practices or teachings or appendages. <laughs> <laughs> well, so again, this is his metaphor for... Saying maybe a, a member gets caught up with researching Joseph Smith's polygamy or Brigham Young's racism or the Mountain Meadows massacre or any of the other super problematic, homophobic, sexist things in the church. And he's saying those aren't important. Just don't focus on that appendage. <laughs>
1: God. Or, you know, all of those are 100 percent reason enough to leave the church. And then there's also the other side of it as well that's, like, even more support and argument to say to leave the church is, like, it's it's all fake. It's all fake. You discover that Joseph Smith had multiple accounts of the vision, and then he changes that. I mean, everything about Joseph Smith is a lie. It's a lie. He's a con man. The gold plates weren't
0: real. Exactly. All of it's made up. The Book of Mormon, he just spewed shit while he was had his head in a hat and someone wrote it down and that's the scripture
1: <laughs> that's it and they're basically saying like oh yeah but just don't focus on that skip over that skip over the sexism the racism the homophobia the you know all of the problematic areas just like don't focus on that and think about faith just think, about, faith. think <laughs> about that munch and mingle you're going to tonight Focus <laughs> on that
0: Munch and and mingle those appendages. Mm. (laughs) Exactly. Others may focus on the questions and doubts they experience. Yeah, that's That's normal. Because that's what logic would tell you to do, so yes. (laughs) Yes. Recently, the Council of the First Presidency in the Quorum of the Twelve Apostles stated, quote, We understand that from time to time, church members will have questions about church doctrine, history, or practice, Members are always free to ask such questions and earnestly seek greater understanding. That is a lie. I'm, I'm calling it out. I'm being, who is, what's that TV show, Maury or whatever? <laughs> <laughs> that is a lie because you are the not free. The results are in. That, that's, that a, a lie. that's a fucking lie. Because you're not allowed, if you ask questions and if you ask them enough, you will get excommunicated. Mm-hmm. And even if you don't, they're going to ignore your questions. They don't have answers for you. You're going to be treated as if you're sinning by asking questions. So
1: bullshit, Melvin. Exactly. And and I like so I already talked to Katie about this a bit, but this reminds me. Um, so at work, we were chatting about long story, short, like creating this uh, podcast for content. And so we're getting into it and somehow – it came up that, yes, we have this podcast. And so it was the topic of like, ah, oh, you know, w- w- what's it on? I said, oh, I used to be Mormon. Mm-hmm. And then I left the church. And so my friend and I, we co-host this podcast together and blah, blah, blah. And it was just funny because the reaction was like not as, I guess, the 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 concept of you would be excommunicated just for talking about it or for mentioning that you were A, doubting you left the church and then you're talking about it would mean that you're excommunicated and you're out of that community was just a bit like, wow, mm-hmm. like that's, that's wild. And I was like, oh, I mean, I left the church, but even if I didn't leave the church, I would have definitely been excommunicated by now Yeah, for yeah. sure oh, for absolutely. questioning. There, there is no, let's have a conversation or a dialogue where we discuss the things that we have come across. We have questions, we have concerns. Can we just chat about it? that doesn't exist in the Mormon church. As soon as you question anything, then it's like a you need to repent or you're going to have like a disciplinary council grill you and interview you blah 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 and then you're going to be excommunicated most likely. So Yeah,
0: absolutely. Unless you you back down and quote unquote repent, right? Like Exactly. <clears throat> yeah. So he says, remember Joseph Smith himself had questions that began the restoration he was a seeker and like Abraham found the answers to life's most important questions I hate when they use this because because Joseph Smith supposedly had a vision that told him that none of the religions were true so imagine this an active Mormon supposedly has a vision right that an angel comes to him and says, Mormonism isn't true. You need to start your own religion. So then he tells his bishop that he's going to get excommunicated. It's not the same thing. You can't do the same thing that Joseph Smith did because you have to follow Mormonism. You can't say that you had this personal revelation because you had questions.
1: Exactly. Actually, it always makes me think of, and I think I I think I think even talked about it in on one of the episodes a long time ago. But when I was in Berlin... And studying, I think it was my first year, and I was on campus, and I remember this, like, Christian group came up to me, and it was very rare to find Christians, especially, like, German Christians, and, like, in the young, like, in younger generation, basically. They were there, but I just never met them, and so they came up to me asking me questions, and I was like, oh, actually, like, I'm already part of a, a religion and I'm quite active and devout and blah 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 and i remember they were asking me questions like what is it and i said mormonism and they were actually pretty well I wouldn't say versed in mormonism but they knew a lot more than i thought they would mm-hmm. and one of them asked me the the question of well what makes your church true and I was like ah oh, well you know we have the Book of mormon which is like the you know an addition to the Bible but it's when Jesus Christ came to the Americas, it's a New Testament, and I was like, and we also have a living day prophet, and they're like, okay, but again, what makes you different from other religions, and, and why is the Book of Mormon true, and I was like, oh, because, you know, Joseph Smith founded this church, because he got, you know, revelation that there were all these other churches out there that weren't true, and so he was told to create this new church that would be the new true like the only true church on the face of the earth a lot this is very arrogant molly mormon right that's like <laughs> let me educate you guys on why the church is true and i remember she asked me a question that kind of stumped me where she was saying well how does that again like how does that make your religion and any different from all the multiple other religions out there that have similar stories of a guy who says that he's a prophet of god and received revelation and therefore created this new religion and a new book. Like, basically, I think they were even referring to, like, Islam and, like, multiple different religions where it started with a man who, you know, said that they were a prophet of God and received this revelation to create this new religion and to write a book. hmm hmm And I couldn't answer it. I couldn't I was just a bit like, um, because the <laughs> church is true? <laughs> because... Faith? I don't know. I don't know. And I remember even writing about it in the good old Sarah Journal, right? When I got home, (laughs) it was a good missionary opportunity because we exchanged numbers. We, like, had a WhatsApp group where... They would invite me to activities, and I would invite them to activities. It was so lame. It's like cringy thinking about it. <laughs> but I was convinced that that was a missionary opportunity, and I just decided to push that really far down and not think about it again, even though it made me question, because I would never considered that. I was living yeah. in a bubble. Didn't even think that there could possibly be any other religion out there that has a similar story and narrative. I just thought it was only Mormons and Joseph Smith, and that was it.
0: Yeah. Oh, absolutely. That's how I thought, too. And I find it fascinating that the the thought of
1: where you're born
0: really dictates uh, a lot of times which religion you believe, if you believe in it. Because uh, many people, if they weren't born in the U.S., they're most likely not going to be Mormon. Um, Uh But And I, I also think it's interesting that this person saying that to you was a religious person. Because to me, that very well highlights how all religion is false. Because mm-hmm. even with Christianity, it's older, but it's man-made. And what makes it more believable or more true than anything else, right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I do like that argument of... So your, your leader and your book... What makes your leader in your book more true than someone else's leader in someone
1: else's book? You, mm-hmm. you just can't you can't prove any of it. <laughs> no, which I yeah. think is really funny to your point that you just made that it's a very like a comical scenario <laughs> that if you were looking on the outside and you were an atheist looking at, at these <laughs> two religious people having this conversation where they're both trying to convince the other that their religion and their prophet and their book is the true one. Going back and forth, right? When it's like (laughs) either of them can be proved (laughs) that they're true. But they're going to just continue to try to convince the other one that theirs is the right one.
0: Yeah. (laughs) It's it's pretty funny. Uh, He closes out by saying, Brothers and sisters, stay in the boat. Use your life jackets and hold on with both hands. Avoid distractions. (laughs) And if any one of you have fallen out of the boat, we will seek you, find you minister to you and pull you safely back onto the old ship zion where Uh. god our father and the lord jesus christ are at the helm and will guide us right to which i humbly testify in the name of jesus christ amen
1: I mean, fuck that. I would be, like, cutting my life jacket off. <laughs> yeah. Please do not pull me on board.
0: Please. Just be, like, actively punching them in the throat, saying, no, I don't want to
1: get back in that old shit. That's, no, I I jumped out for a reason. <laughs> I mean, I would be, like, cutting my arms so blood would come out and a shark would eat me so that I could not get on board this shit. Oh, ship.
0: that's great. Right. That's that's what we were, we were diving into the sharks. <laughs> sharks, please, come hither. I'd rather... I Please sweet me. Someone, someone <laughs> throw chum in the water, someone. <laughs> I need to be eaten. Oh, so that's that's the talk about how scary it is to leave the church aka jump out of a boat. Um stay in the boat, but I'm glad we're not in it. We're we jumped off the boat and we're sunbathing. On a tropical island of ex-Mormon heathenism right now. And I couldn't be happier. love
1: that metaphor. I'm all for Mm -hmm.
0: that. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of true. You jump out. You jump out of the church. And it's rough there for a while. You gotta swim through some rough shit. Mm -hmm. But then you eventually find your way to these beautiful, sandy beaches. And you don't get sunburned because it's a metaphor. And it's just lovely. And there's pina coladas
1: and happiness <laughs> i mean and it's not located in missouri so <laughs> that is also good that is also good sorry to anyone who lives in missouri <laughs> not a dig it's anyone no. who lives in missouri but if i think of like paradise paradise it's not there I'm
0: just garden gonna... of eden jackson county missouri <laughs> oh boy
1: All right. Thanks for coming along with me. And thank you all for listening. And we'll be back next week. Thanks, Katie. That was wild. I'm going to wear my life jacket forever and always. Be safe, kiddos. (laughs) Be safe. See you next week. Bye. Bye.